Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 221. Over the next few podcasts, I want to speak to you about growing in grace, about growing in sanctification, in holiness. Yes, I want to speak to us all about routines and rituals that lead to godliness, that lead to the kind of discipleship that we all need to be a part of in our lives. God has been so good to us. He's been so good to us that because of that, we need to make sure that we're walking with Him. Now, Peter dealt with this in 1 Peter chapter 1 and chapter 2. As you know, I have in another podcast dealt with various aspects of 1 Peter chapter 1. It is a long, long treatise in itself on the goodness and the grace of God that has brought us to a living hope, a hope and expectancy that's full of life to an inheritance that will never fade away, that is incorruptible, it is undefiled, and it is forever. And that even when we go through great trials and temptations and testings, that God in His goodness and His mercy and His grace brings us through the fire like metal that's been tested. You see, gold is purified in the fire. Silver is purified in the fire. And that's like we are when we go through testing. God has his hand on the thermostat, and he knows exactly how hot to get the fire. And he knows when to ease off because, you see, he's the one that made us, and he's given us life and really life worth living. And this great salvation and hope that God's given us is so mystifying that the prophets couldn't even understand fully what they were prophesying about and the angels desired to look into it. That's what 1 Peter chapter 1 says. That's how wonderful and great and awesome, truly awesome, God's salvation is. And so when he comes to the close of this chapter 1, he says, Therefore, on the basis of everything that I've just told you, on the basis of God's sovereignty and goodness and graciousness and mercy toward us, that he has given us such a wonderful salvation, he says, Therefore, hope to the end for the grace that's being brought to us. And then he tells us to be holy, that is, set apart, sanctified, and that we have a part in that. We are to pursue holiness. It is a command that we are to be holy, even as He is holy. And God would never command us to do something unless He would enable us to do it. But there are means whereby we grow in grace and holiness and sanctification. And I call those routines that lead to righteousness. Not righteousness as in our salvation. No, that's given to us as a gift by the grace of God. When Jesus died, he paid the penalty for our sins. And when we come to him in repentance and saving faith, putting all of our confidence in him, then he gives us the gift of his earned righteousness that he lived out in obedience to God. That's put on our account. 
but he gives us means whereby we can grow in grace. And so he starts dealing with that in 1 Peter chapter 2. And he says, now this is the word which by the gospel was preached unto you. Now that's the latter part of the last verse, verse 25 of chapter 1. And there is another therefore. And remember, anytime you see a wherefore or a therefore in the scripture, always stop and ask the question, what is that wherefore or therefore Therefore, he is drawing a conclusion. He's saying on the basis of everything I've told you, here is what you need to do. Laying aside all malice and deceit and hypocrisy, envy and all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the pure. The King James says the sincere, which is a good translation, the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, let's look at that, because in reality, the preciousness of Jesus that Peter goes on to talk about is enhanced in our lives, and we grow into that great relationship with Jesus as we lay aside some attitudes and dispositions that are not godly. And we pick up those things and put on those things that lead us to godliness and a godly life. And again, these are routines and habits that we form because God wants us to form habits and rituals and routines that lead us to discipleship, growth, godliness, holiness. And just like there are habits that lead us to ungodliness, to evil, to wickedness, to just the opposite of what God wants, so there are routines that lead to righteous living. So he says, here's what you need to do. You need to lay aside. Now, this is a construction that you see many times that has to do with imperatives. It is an arrest that is a snapshot kind of action. Yes, arrest speaks of an event that took place in the past, but it's not so much based with time. And when we deal with Greek tenses, most of the time we think of time. But really, tenses have to do with the kind of action. An arrest action is not linear. It's not something that happened in the past and has a, an abiding result. That's the perfect tense. No, this is a snapshot. It's the kind of action. It is something that takes place at a moment in time. It's not like a movie. It's like a steal. It's like a, a snapshot. You see the whole thing at one time. So he says, you lay aside. It's the middle voice. And that means there is a point in time when we need to get serious with God and lay aside anything and everything. And he tells us what we need to lay aside. All malice. Now, what is malice? Malice is a disposition. It's a wicked disposition. It is having an attitude that is displeasing to God. This is where we've got to start. We've got to start with our thought life and our attitudes, because whatever we're thinking of most, that's what we're going to develop an attitude about, good or bad. And this has to do with that habitual thinking. He says, lay aside all dolos, that is D-O-L-O-S. That is really the word for bait. It's the idea of alluring something and something that's deceptive. It's not what it appears. That's the idea of lying. In this case, has to do with really deceiving people who are already weak and vulnerable. 
So he said, lay this aside. Get to a point in your life. You want to grow? You want to be what God wants you to be? Then lay aside this wicked disposition. Change your thought life with this deceit, hypocrisy. That means literally something that is under a mask. It's the word that was used for an actor in the Greek tragedies. Someone who would come out with one mask and one voice. They would go backstage perhaps or turn around. They would turn around. They would have a different mask and a different voice. That's what a hypocrite is, someone that speaks out of both sides of their mouth, someone who wears this kind of mask before one person turns around, wears a different kind of mask, and speaks with a different voice to someone else. God doesn't like that. We need to be the same person anytime someone sees us. And isn't it delightful to meet somebody that every time you see them, you don't have to worry about what mask they're going to be wearing. They're just who they are. And that's the way God made us. And that's when we really began to grow in our security and knowing who we are in Jesus, it brings about a security that we can really be at who God made us and all evil speaking. Now, this is an interesting word. It's the word kata, preposition kata, and the word to speak, lalas or lalia. It's uh, kata lalas or kata lalia. And it's the idea of talking down to someone. It's the idea of having a condescending attitude and speech. It's the idea of backbiting, of down talking, of slander. It's not a diabolos kind of slander, but this is the idea of thinking you're better than someone else and evil speaking. And then he says, as newborn babes, after you have laid all of these things aside, that opens you up to the right kind of thinking. And he says, as newborn babes, that's the word brephos, put together with the adjective now, the time particle now, as in newborn brephos, as those that have just now come on the scene. And as you know, if you've ever been around a baby, as soon as they are born, they are made to eat and they want to eat and they will breastfeed almost immediately. All you have to do is just point them in the right direction and they will begin to feed. And sometimes you have to really direct them. But once they they latch hold of what they need to, then it's on. You know what I'm talking about. And so he says, as newborn babes, those who have laid aside all of these evil attitudes uh, once and for all, then we are to desire the pure milk of the word. Now, the word up there for deceit is the word dolos, D-O-L-O-S. Well, this is adalos. This is without deceit. It's sincere. It's pure. The pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, this is a first class conditional sentence. That means that the tasting is true and you've tasted that the Lord is good, it's not a matter of whether he's good or it might be good. He is good. And uh, you've tasted that the Lord is good. So it doesn't mean if as in a condition that might or might not be, but If indeed means since you have, since you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. You see, when we come to the point in our life to where we're truly born again and we understand that God has given us a life that's worth living, not just eternal, everlasting quantity of life when we die, but he's given us eternal life now. We have possession of that in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we have a true and living 
living hope that is meaningful. You see, salvation, yes, is an escape from hell. Yes, it is being freed from the penalty of sin. Thank God for that. But it's much more than that. It is God giving us a life worth living here on this earth. Whether we're going through persecution or whether we're living in the sunshine or the rain, it doesn't matter because we have a relationship with him. God lives in us. And because of that, we can put aside and have the ability and the power to continually choose to put things aside. We're free in Christ to serve him, and we can choose. We're not in bondage to sin anymore unless we choose to be because he set us free to serve him and to love him and to grow in him and to be like him. And so he says now that all of this is behind you. Put all this away, and as a newborn baby, crave. That's the word. The word is crave. And by the way, this is an imperative. And it's an aorist imperative, which means this is something you've not been doing. You need to start doing it. Begin to develop a craving for the word of God. You say, well, how do you do that? Well, you start it. You see, the more you eat, the more you want to eat. And uh, I think all of us can testify to that. When you find something good, you just don't want to buy it. You want to go back and over and over and over again. Well, this is the way the Word of God is. You see, one of the reasons why you're not desiring the words, you're not in the words, you're not reading the words, you're not eating the words, you're not studying the Word. The more you study, the more you want to study. I know this from personal experience. And the more you eat, the more you want to eat. Unfortunately, I know that by personal experience. And so what I'm saying to you is God commands it. We study the word whether we feel like it or not because it's a command. God doesn't say, now you, if you can get up and you feel my presence, then you study. No, when we start studying, we begin to walk in obedience and we might feel his presence then. And many times we do. But whether we feel his presence or not, let me tell you, God is with us and he expects us to mind him, to obey him. And so... He says, as newborn babes, as someone who has just been now born, then you need to grow. Now, it's interesting that word grow is the word oxano. A friend of many of us, Dr. Ken Hemphill, has a publishing company he calls Oxano Press, which means growing growth. That's why he does what he does, is so that we can grow and have the tools to grow in the books that we read. I pray that as we go through these days looking at the routines that lead to righteousness, the routines that lead to godliness, that we will understand this is not just something that we do when we feel like it. It's a command to begin to crave, crave, desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.